0: hi this is joseph arthur thanks for checking out come to where i'm from please support us on patreon patreon.com slash come to where i'm from we are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated
1: check Oh, we rolling
0: check Ooh, one, two, one two one one damn
1: oh, we fucking a- hit the ground
2: running now i hear it yes
1: Oh, oh yeah, I brought you killer,
0: book. Yeah, nice. dude. You're, yeah, so Peter Gabriel just—it was random. I was working at a guitar shop in Atlanta, Clark Music. I didn't—I never went to college, so it was like I was hitting the end of like going like okay, I was like twenty-five, and I was like, "What am I going to work minimum wage jobs?" I worked—I was a doorman at a club before that, and and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I gave my demo tape to a, a guy. Actually, I was in a twelve-step meeting at that point, and I and I gave him my demo tape. Just a friend, not any kind of ambition behind it. It was a cassette in the mid-'90s, you know? And then he gave it to a guy that worked for Capricorn Records, who then sent it to a guy in New York, and that guy knew Peter Gabriel, and he gave it to Peter. Then Peter called me up and changed my life. Then I met Joe Strummer, actually. Yeah, that's my dude, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw yeah, a picture yeah, of you yeah, as yeah. a kid yeah, yeah, with man. Joe Strummer. Yeah, that's my motherfucking man right up? there. Oh, yeah. cool. I like
1: it here. I'm good.
0: Yeah, so that, that picture of you backstage with yeah, No, streamer. I still
1: have the shirt he gave me that That's night like, on my wall at home. Like he, It was my birthday. What picture, but... for those who don't know? Oh, like, it's in my book. Oh, here. Fuck. Anyone hand it to me? I think it's in there. Shit, I don't even remember. I don't fucking look at this yeah. thing. Or it's like once you write it, it's for other people. Yeah. Man. I think there's, yeah, I think that shit's in here. Here, so, whatever, man. Yeah, it's
0: uh it's a picture of him and uh, Joe Strummer uh, when he's
1: like what twelve years old. Well, and... the, are you talking about the one with me and Joe Strummer and Andy Warhol?
0: Oh damn, I don't know if I even okay. Saw. Cause that that, was... Yeah, that one's in the book. <laughs> that um, one blew my mind. But that was like <laughs> that one... yeah, that
1: was backstage at the Palladium when they played there the first time. Right. And um, you know, I became pretty good friends with them. I mean, they put me on the list every time they came back to New York, and right. And uh, you know, they were really. Yeah, cool dudes, man. I
0: smoked my yeah. first spliff with Joe Strummer. <laughs> That's cool. I never knew what a spliff yeah, yeah. was because I came from Ohio and it was just pure weed joints right, everybody well, hold smoked.
1: Hold up, I, 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 I can match that story. First time I did crystal meth was with Lemmy and Filthy Animal Taylor. Really? <laughs> and I was 15 at the mud club. <laughs> That's actually better. Ding, 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 fucking, ding, ding. I think you I was were. doing rails off the bar. I'm 15 fucking years old. I'm fucking cool. doing rails of crystal off the bar with That's Filthy wild. Animal Taylor. And then I fucking picked up this chick and took her out in a parking lot, found an unlocked car and whatever, and, uh-huh. you know, went and back the- upstairs and feels like, so what happened? And I was like, smell my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you stay up that first time? Oh, fuck. I don't remember. Days. That. You know what, man i I've had so many crystal encounters. Who the fuck knows? I can't remember. That's a weird one. Yeah, I've, I've had some encounters. With I mean, that yeah, one you know, too. you stay up like a week. You yeah. know, I, th- I think the longest I ever stayed awake was about Five. seven or eight days. Oh wow! Yeah,
0: you went way yeah, out. Yeah,
1: I was so fucked up back then. I was mean. I, I, you know, I was like shooting so much crystal that like. Mm-hmm. This dude turned me on. And we were smoking some ice, and I didn't even feel it. I was like, well, I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, this is supposed to be good. And like, right. Oh I, was, I was so fucked up off the speed. I didn't even feel the ice. I was like, what is this
0: garbage? You know. What is ice? I've heard like, about it, was, it but yeah, I never did it. It was, like, it. Some, it was some like some knockoff of speed. Or- yeah, it
1: was like the 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 crack of of crystal. Right. You know, like instead of coke. To make crack or whatever, oh, it was I, which the, I was never—I cra- never fucked with crack. Right. Somehow, I, I missed that one.
0: You uh, never—you tried it though? No, I never even never tried it. Never fucked with crack, That's man. Funny. You know, I mean, I dude, I was a
1: dope fiend, and dust right. head. I was a fucking real basket case, and somehow right. I missed the boat on that one
0: that's amazing yeah yeah <laughs> that's an unbelievable dodge considering right? where you grew up and Dude, what you were up and to everybody around and me then was just, fucking twisted because the way that one happens is you're staying up for days you're doing coke and you're with your friends and then nobody's got any more coke but, and then so, you want, yeah, but, yeah. but somebody has crack exactly
2: that's right? that's when the <laughs> yeah, devil that's, that's when that, the
0: devil introduces yeah, you that, Let me introduce you to my other friend, and that's when, in three days, come and you don't want to come down. That's when you'll take that bet. You'll be like the thing you said you would never do. Suddenly, you're you're doing it. Mother's asshole. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, hey, mom. Oh
2: fuck,
1: mom, you dropped something. Twenty bucks.
0: (laughs) That's wild that's really wild yeah, yeah so you got into it yeah I, I took acid for the first time when i was 15. yeah i think that, that was, that was actually
1: no i was younger than that I, first time i ate acid i was with um fucking adam Yauch and john berry from the beastie boys we went wow. we, i was like 12 and the chicks from luscious jackson were there and we went and saw a fucking clockwork orange and that was the first time i saw that movie and the first time i wow. dosed and that fucked me up bro that's wild like to be honest dude like i had no idea how badly that warped my fucking sense of reality right you know because like you know i grew up in a very rough violent gangs neighborhood lots of drugs and shit so after seeing that and just you know living the life that i had lived already and then you know tripping my ass my ass off it was like I just started to equate violence with a good time you know and uh-huh. like like extreme drug use and and you know all the debauchery you know it it like i spent a good few years like you know as alex you know for mm-hmm. lack of a fucking better word that shit was like my my bible as a kid you know and uh yeah, uh,
0: Alex is from Clockwork yeah, Orange. Yeah, he was the head, the head yeah.
1: dude. He was the main guy. He's a know.
0: compelling. Who plays Alex? Um, who? fucking um, uh, McDowell, what? Michael.
1: Yeah, Michael uh, McDowell. Yeah. yeah, he's dope. Oh, yeah. that fucking movie was insane. Bro. Yeah, I mean that shit fucked me all up. You know, because, you know, acid, you know, for those for those of you who have not eaten the drug. This guy right here. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) You long-haired, hippie-looking fucking freak? This nigga never knows? Look at you, man. You (laughs) look like you fucking
2: were born on acid, man. Uh, He is a trippy cat. (laughs) Barely pot. Barely pot. Let me tell you, man,
1: that shit can like, you know, it opens up parts of your brain and shit can seep in that you don't even know is seeping in. I'm afraid to lose control well i was all about losing control like yeah. my whole i spent most of my life trying to lose control you know like I mean, that's why I was such a, that's why I loved fucking, uh, that's why I used to love PCP, man, because like PCP and heroin, man, man, I used to do the two.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: man, it was like.
0: I never fucked with PCP. Oh, man, what is that? Angel fucking, dust. That's, oh. some,
1: that, bro, you, that's some dark, ugly shit. That's like the the dark side of LSD, you know what I'm saying? Like right. LSD that's is like the happy brother. love, love. Yeah, yeah, fucking <laughs> PCP is like his dangerous cousin that took you in an alley yeah. and robbed you and fucking beat your ass. The
2: you
0: dangerous know? cousin yeah. who was raised on the wrong side yeah, of the track. Yeah, <laughs> PCP
1: was the fucking, the, the LSD of the hood. That's you crazy. Know, I, that was the shit that all the gangbangers in my neighborhood used to smoke when I was a kid. That's yeah. how I got turned on to it. I mean, fuck, I remember the first time fucking, I one of the first times I got high on anything was because the gang on my block forced me to huff glue with them or they were gonna kick my ass. They like held a bag over my face and they were like keep breathing until you can't breathe anymore. And I mm. knew if I didn't, they were gonna beat my ass. And, um. Was that so, a thing? So, what, yeah.
3: huffing was that glue? a thing? Was that a thing? Oh fuck. Yeah. What, what, Are you yeah, shit? Shit, <laughs> man, <laughs> i huffed. I used to I, huff. I raised
0: my hand. God damn, sir. We used to huff white out. Man, <laughs> really? Yeah, bags of oh, white, white out, out. Card, yeah. Oh, no, white man, out, man. Yo, yeah. bro, we
3: used to, huff, I was <laughs> huffing everything, man. I remember. Um, huffing uh, how? You just like you put it put in, in a fucking paper bag and breathe that shit into fucking house. Just huff it. Over my head
2: yeah i get smelling it i never huffed it
0: i just did some wim hof today breathing stuff wim hof breathing you know the uh pranayana breathing stuff like 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 when you just huff air actually you you, get you get high you didn't even you don't even need the white out like it takes a little longer
1: bro and you know what man my neighborhood was so (laughs) fucked up back then there was the one candy store i used to go get my glue at that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. dude, he used to- no, The candy store. The it was like, they sold like- The hardware store. No, was the fucking candy store on oh, the corner, fuck. right? They sold fucking 007s, those big ass folding knives. Mm. Like, so you can get your glue, you can get your weapons. You're good for the night. You go right. out and get fucked up and rob people, you know? Yeah. It was terrible, man. That's and wild. this dude was like, you know, I remember one time he was like, can you run the store for me and get me a sandwich? I'll give you a couple tubes. Like this motherfucker giving me, I'm like you know a little kid, and he's giving me free tube's clue to go get him a sandwich. I'm like, he knows how to work. He knows
0: who you are. You scumbag motherfucker, man.
1: (laughs) You know now I'm a grown up. I fucking kick his fucking ass, man. you know what the fuck, man? Somebody give my son a motherfucking tube of glue for a sandwich. I'll bust his fucking ass.
0: I know it's funny. You, when know? you think about people that hooked you up with drugs right? back in the day, and you start you, thinking like, like, once you get sober, and you're like, fuck, you're like, <laughs> wait, were you trying really? to kill me, yeah, motherfucker? Like, Thanks uh, a lot, <laughs> you fuck. You know, and I fucking
1: knew. I think other scumbags. I knew that I like, you know, like fucking, you get you, I, one time. It wasn't
3: you. for arts and crafts, maybe. Shit, oh, you crazy. Yeah. You <laughs> he knew serious. what he had. You, you Obviously, he knew he up in my neighborhood he knew what he was you doing know? but uh like yeah. here go glue some
2: you know yeah. and then like, make a collage you, for your mother go on yeah uh, nah. Nah. it's a
1: fucked up life all that shit man and it's like i remember one time i od'd and like the motherfucker that was my friend i wake up to some chick i don't even know fucking you know like she's got me in the shower fucking trying to revive me and the motherfucker that i knew went through my wallet and stole fucking 500 bucks while I was fucking half dead, like fucking turning blue and the he already buried you. You know, I was like, That's damn. Crazy. And you know what, I wanted to beat his ass for a while, but now I'm just like, you know what, he probably saved my life by taking that 500 bucks because I would've fucking went out and got high again and maybe not made it, you mm-hmm. know. It's interesting the way that works. Isn't Shit. it wild that we survived? Oh man, I'm I'm still in shock. You yeah. know, I mean but you know whatever, I mean, you know. But I
0: was like <laughs> I was like listening to an interview you did and then it was, you were talking about how you got into running and then you started running oh when like, i kicked, when i kicked smack after yeah you yeah kicked everything like well, no, and you actually, would run that's how i kicked yeah so, you would run yeah. like 11 to 12 miles oh, like man, long, yeah long, long. I, yeah i do that now yeah. i I'm, I'm attracted to that same thing extremes yeah See, and yeah. then when you get into like the healthy thing you yeah, go yeah, you yeah. go well, far dude, out I mean, that well, that's way too fun, another funny it's The thing same is, energy bro
1: i've been a vegetarian since like 1981 uh-huh. And even when I was fucked up on fucking like crystal and smack and everything else, like I was at my worst. Mm-hmm. And I was still making sure I'd get a shot of wheatgrass juice every yeah. day. <laughs> because I was like, at least yeah. I know. I'm Balance getting- it off. Yeah, I was like, at least I know I'm getting some leafy green vegetables. Yeah. You know, I'm getting some nutrients in my system to go with my crystal meth. <laughs>
0: I know, but that logic does actually make sense <laughs> to my mind too. Like, kept me going. Yeah, I, those I kind that, of things. That's
1: what. I, I do attribute the fact yeah, that I was a strange still balance eating fairly well. Well, not often, but I was still a vegetarian. I think mm-hmm. that's what I think that's why I'm still alive and why well, I still am like fairly healthy and like look fairly yeah, alive. Yeah, you, and, you look know, great, man. I don't man. fucking feel mangled. You know, I mean, nah. I'm a little hungover today, but besides that, you know,
0: right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> honestly, though, because you are. Even though, okay, it's like you could make a joke about it, one little shot of wheatgrass, like against all this other stuff. But if you think about it, it is—you are giving yourself the message: "I want to survive." Yeah, and then that—that yeah, yeah, power which is, of manifestation which is, which is and bizarre. The, that's powerful. Like that, those kind of messages.
1: Well, especially since, on some level, you're obviously trying to fucking kill yourself too, because right. the, you know you can't. I'm sorry, man, you cannot... I, I used to have this conversation with Bourdain all the time. Like, you can't be a dude who's sticking needles in your arms and not have some sort of a death wish because somewhere in the back of your mind, you know that every time you do that could be the time that does you in. So, right. you know, there's, what's the difference between fucking putting a rope around your neck or putting a rope around your arm and sticking a fucking needle in it? It's just one is a guarantee and the other one is like Russian roulette, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's... You know, and then that motherfucker went and offed himself, and I'm still fucked up over that. I'm man. I'm so sorry. You know, I mean, how I, close were you? Um, he, he did the fucking blurb to my book, man. You know, he did. He encourage sh- you to write this. He not only encouraged me. I mean, he. I actually, I thought the book was done.
0: Well, he's a great writer too. Well, yeah, you was. know, and, yeah. yeah,
1: and and I actually let him read like the first half the book before I submitted it to the publisher, and he. Gave me a few thoughts and a few um, not pointers really, but he was just like, you know, I think you should write more about. If one of the things he said to me because, like, I, you know, I got kids, and so I was not sure about some of the things that I was. I was like, do I want them to read this? Do I want this yeah. out there? How because much this truth is, you are know, you about like, to tell? Like, man. you know. And then he was like, you know what, man, don't be ashamed of any fucking thing, you know. Whatever you've done. It's out there in the world. They're gonna hear about it. Might as well They're hear gonna hear it find from out. You know, just don't be ashamed of anything, and just fucking put it all out there. And ironically, when me and their mother split up, she talked so much shit about me to them that really, you know, the book didn't matter anymore. It's like, you know, yeah, and you know, if, but uh, but he he's the reason that the I think that the book came out as good as it did because I had taken out a lot of the drug stuff mm. and a lot of the violence
0: and he said go further
1: and he's like fuck that man you know dude don't be ashamed of shit man fucking throw it out there man fuck everybody and you know what it's what made the book m- powerful mm-hmm. you know because and also i i he also encouraged me to write more about my mom and my aunt and stuff because they were really significant and my mother was you know i had a lot of issues with her because like you know she was a hippie and you know i pretty much grew up hitchhiking you know i grew up traveling with, with her and like basically just me and my mom my father was in jail um and so basically I was. what was he in jail for oh fuck, man just petty bullshit petty i mean bullshit. he was like you know breaking an entry and you know car theft fucking whatever okay. you know he was a dope fiend right. alcoholic so he was he was just a just perpetual fuck up mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, when I was a kid, my mom was a stripper and I remember, you know, fucking going to her job with her and watching her shake her tits and stuff. And that was, you know, that kind of fucked me up a little bit. I didn't realize it then, but you know, it, it, right. it definitely warped my relationships and, and, yeah. you know, uh, uh, and she was, you know, she struggled with alcoholism for most of her life until like the eighties. And, uh. I had a lot of issues with her because I always felt like, damn, Ma, you know, what the fuck, you know, like, what made you take me to all these? Why was I at Max's? Why was I at CB's? Why was I not a kid? You know, why didn't you fucking let me be a kid? You know, I, I felt like I grew up so fast and like I never even had a chance. And I was really pissed off at her about it for a long time. You know, and it wasn't until like the last year of her life that we finally were able to like really make up. That's you know, awesome. It was it was hard. You know? Yeah, I, I you know, but I gotta you know I gotta take responsibility for my own actions. But it's just like you know nonetheless, kids learn from what they're around and the adults around them. And it's like you know, I don't think it's a fucking great environment for kids to grow up around like fucking you know a bunch of fucking naked hippies running around high as fuck, you know. And I mean you know, but I did experience and uh, meet a lot of cool people because of her and because of that. You know, I wouldn't have fucking you know, Allen Ginsberg was like an uncle. You know, I mean, all the people, you know, I've met so many, like, culturally iconic significant people, like, in the in the writing world. Like, I knew so many fucking poets and shit that I never gave a fuck about poetry. Right. Like, you know, when you when you walk in your house and William Burroughs is sitting at the fucking kitchen table, you know, you know it's just like, oh, <laughs> that's yeah. Like who, the, that's yeah, a dream of so know. many people. But I'm just like, oh, I know that old guy. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, him, whatever, right. you know. And it's like, you know, Allen Ginsberg coming down to fucking... You know, I fucking we lived with him for a long time. I mean, uh, and then my aunt, you know, she was badass, too. I mean, she, you know, I met Bob Dylan because of her. She was on the Rolling Thunder tour with him. That's crazy. And, you know, she played fucking guitar with so many people. I mean, she's like, she
3: What was her name?
1: Denise Mercedes. I mean, she, I got pictures of her jamming with Link Ray back in the fucking day, man. And, you know, jamming with Bob Dylan and fucking, you know... I started, you know, I, I, I was playing music before I started playing with her, but she was a huge um, part of what made my life uh, as fucked up as it is, Denise. No. <laughs> but, you know, like I started playing with her in the Stimulators when I was like 12. Mm. Was not my first band, was not my first touring or gigging band, but that was my first band with, in New York and we were like the house band at max's for fucking like years you know we played with fucking everybody man and we played every all the clubs i mean it was so weird back then to be like and this was the thing where dane always used to fucking bug out on he was like i would see you at the clubs and the bouncers would just like like the door the sea would just part they just let you in and i'm like what the fuck is this 12 year old even doing here why is he?
3: He should be. I can't imagine at home. it. It seems so weird.
1: Like, well, you how know, does that well, happen? It's fucking nuts. Because if you know? you're a
0: musician, you just. Get, if you're, yeah, yeah you get, exactly, you, you, yeah. you get treated like, like exactly. I, I grew exactly. up in Ohio, and I was a professional musician in high so you school fucking too. Get it. And we played five nights a week in Cleveland clubs. The and doors are a, open to you. Like, and we Once were the, the bouncers big, biggest you. blues band yeah. in the scene. We opened up for Stevie Ray Vaughan, and it was the same thing. Like, yeah. waitresses would give me like a big yeah, coke, yeah. but it was full of rum up to wow. here. So I would be like in high school, just getting. Fucked up in the in these bars and stuff. And there would be lines. I mean, bro, different scene to I, I didn't even make Max it to motherfucking yeah. high school, man. Yeah. That's
1: how fucked my shit was, bro. Yeah. And it's like, you know, literally, man. You know, I'm fucking 12 years old, bumming quarters for the pinball machine. And, you know, Debbie Harry's over here. This one's fucking incredible. getting his dick That's sucked incredible. under a table over here. Johnny Thunder's got a fucking needle hanging out of his arm over here. And he's stumbling down the fucking steps from the backstage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, so, I mean, yeah. You know, it was very... Cool, but, I, you know, I wouldn't fucking want my kid to grow up like that. No. You know, I mean, again, you know, you want to talk about why I started fucking, like, shooting drugs at 15? Well, yeah. pff, go fucking figure, you know? Yeah. So, you know. Would you trade any of it out now? Oh, fuck no. Right. But I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Exactly. You know, I mean, life is experiences. You know, that's all it really is, and I've had some motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild You really have Oh fuck man I
0: just want to ask you This one question And then I want to go Into the story though But have you ever heard Of Ho'oponopono 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 That's enough. It's a no Ho- It's a Hawaiian mantra About forgiveness And a responsibility And I just Like you I like he-
1: some Hawaiian And shit. Yeah. I guess <laughs> Probably Like
0: The mantra's like this I love you I'm sorry Please forgive me Thank you And you sort of Just repeat it There's like these mantras And it just It helps you to, like, take absolute responsibility for everything that's ever entered into your field of consciousness and let go of, like, any animosity towards anyone and like even if you feel like somebody's wronged you if you apply that within your own like psyche to them it just kind of has this powerful yeah releasing effect cleanses your soul it cleanses it's just a very weirdly powerful thing i i
1: i i I, I get it i get it i mean i'm not really there yet because i i don't mind hating people Uh, (laughs) it's energy yeah yeah you know i don't give a fuck there's some motherfuckers out there i wouldn't piss on if to put the if they were on fire i wouldn't fucking piss on them to put it out right you know but you know but I, don't
0: you think that drains your nah, reserves because you
1: know, nah, i'm a fucking i'm a fuck, passionate motherfucker man you right. know i'm a fire all the time man. right you know and so you know but you know hey you know fuck it you know live and let live and at the same time you know i fucking smash your fucking skull open yeah you know it's like i you know but I, you're
0: I, I have you're I, also I, really a sensitive dude and i, oh I yeah, yeah and i, I hear you I talk about love like in my heart right you could see it and i and also you i i liked what you said about how punk rock is personal and how you're personal and how like you approach social media or when you were on it yeah in a personal way but then you said oh that doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't work it doesn't work you're dealing with all and, these assholes I, and i love you know it's like and i loved it when you said that because no one's because i kind of address those realms with a very personal vibe yeah too, and, and i then, noticed how yeah. it doesn't quite work it don't
1: work <laughs> and and you don't matter what the fuck you say some asshole is always going to fucking find some reason or way to shit on you yeah you know? like i could be like, man, it's a beautiful day. It's Somebody mm. be like, no, it's not. Fuck you. There's right. such and such going on in the world. I'm like, oh, mm. <laughs> fuck. Excuse well, me. Fuck me. You know. Right. I will go back to sleep. <laughs> I think it's
0: changing a little bit, though. I think people are appreciating personal things a bit more now just because of the fucked up times we're living
1: Oh you know what man I, I honestly I, I, I know things have been fucked up for everybody else but I've been fucking fine man this quarantine shit has been good for me man yeah. I wrote about 70 fucking songs mm-hmm. i fucking you know I've been just hanging out with my wife who's like my favorite person so it's just like me and my wife and I exercise and I write music man fuck everything I'm good mm. you know I'm, I've approached it very similarly to that bro and I got I started getting back in the studio like five weeks ago so I've been re- I got like almost the basics for the next album and a half yeah i'm like shit i wrote a new album too you know yeah like fuck
0: you know it's good for artists
1: yeah we're used
0: to going inside and doing that's what we do that is what we do you know
1: we're (laughs) ninjas at it yeah and besides like i said i don't really like people man so it's like me and my wife i'm good man Mm -hmm. you know self-contained man fuck i need out there not much. No? You know. What
0: kind of exercise? You can't really do jiu-jitsu or are you Yeah, rolling? I haven't
1: been able to train uh, any uh jits for a while. Um, hopefully, uh, my jobs, you know, I teach jujitsu, so hopefully we, we were supposed to, they were saying we'd open up again in September. I don't fucking know. But I've just been doing just, you know, bands and fucking shitload of push-ups, and I just go in the park, find yeah. a nice spot by myself, by my house, and just fucking sweat and fucking... Push ups, a few hundred push ups. No running though, because well, you know, I love running, but my knees are fucked from running. I don't know if it's from. Well, I also took a couple baseball bats to my knee that didn't, never really. Yeah, uh, so, but um. So I, I I love running. I used to really love it, man. The endorphin release was just fucking beautiful. It was like that was that. That's why I was able to kick smack, dude. I love
0: running. I yeah. love going. I love pushing myself to yeah. like do. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. run a half marathon. I go like East River, Tenth Street, East River, all the way down around the tip, back up to Fourteenth Street on the West Side Highway, and then back. That's like thirteen oh, yeah. miles. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I used to fucking go from. Uh, I was staying down by the Twin Towers when this shit started. When I started doing the running and i would run from there all the way up to the fucking reservoir in central park do laps and then run back the fuck down That's and I, i'd do it sometimes at night because i'd be like i'd start having my heroin fucking moments yeah and i'd i I'd do, do that run and on the way up i would pop my head in a couple of the bars where my, I knew my friends are and i'd see i just like say what's up what's up and then i'd keep running and on my way back down here i am a few hours later i poke my head back in everybody's still standing basically in the same spot right. just way more fucked up than they and, were when i saw them a few and hours ago and you're way more high than them yeah and i'm just like whew, i'm feeling like yeah you yeah, feel like you feel amazing you know, i'm I, feeling like i my endorphins are just fucking yeah ugh, mm-hmm. you know and these motherfuckers are looking like ass like yeah. you know they are you know they. they yeah, you know and, they and that's themselves. why that's why i'm motherfucking 53 and i will fucking i'm in better shape than most motherfucking 30 year olds, 25 years olds. I'll fuck a fucking 25 year old's ass up.
0: It's true.
2: You
1: know? <laughs> like, what, what do
0: you love about jujitsu? What made you fall in love with that?
1: It's just so fucking. Um, it's so technical. It's just right. fucking amazing, man. You know, like, honestly, like, I've been. I mean, I couldn't even tell you. I, I don't I have no idea how many fights I've had because I, I used to be. A violent predator, <laughs> for lack of a better word, I used to go out and fuck people up like it was a fucking sport. Okay, for
0: the endorphins or just
1: to no, just because drain I grew anger. up, I just grew up in a fucking violent neighborhood, and it was just right. like you know was what in, neighborhood? Well, I grew up on the Lower East Side back in the seventies through the eighties and up and like I was in and out through the till the nineties, and you know back then it was just like you know, I mean, I was like the only white teenage preteen and teenager on my block and in my area, there was only one other white family of kids, the Morrisons, and they all thought they were Puerto Rican and their stepfather was black, so they totally, they they didn't act like, they thought they were Puerto Rican. The whole neighborhood was Puerto Rican. And my ass used to get jumped like regular. Like, it was like, you know, I'd be walking to school and you make eye contact with somebody and you get in a fight. because And so uh, people, people, people don't understand, like, it, It's, you know, people talk about white privilege and shit, but where I grew up, the the only privilege you got being white was you you got your ass kicked. Mm -hmm. You know, you got fucked with because people saw white people as uh, targets. Like, you got mugged. Mm -hmm. You know how many times I I, I saw my aunt fucking, like, people trying to rob her? I mean, my my, my mom's husband, motherfucker got his nose almost shot off with a zip gun just walking home because he was white and because Mm -hmm. he fucking, you know, was walking down my block. Like, you know, so you grow up in that type of environment and, you know, you start getting violent yourself, you know, it's like, because you, it's, uh, you know, you're either predator or prey, mm. you know? And once you get a taste for that shit, it becomes its own... Addiction. Yeah, you know, I like I said, I fucking watched Clark Rock Orange when I was 12 and tripping my face off. So when I started getting into fighting, and actually started enjoying it, this shit became, uh, like, almost, like, beautiful, if right. you can imagine. Like, it became, like... Plus, I was always fucking high. I was always, like, on LSD and shit, you right. know? So it's like, you know, back in the 60s, you got people tripping and, oh, love and this and that, and we're fucking eating acid and kicking the shit out of people and, like, right. you know, watching in slow motion as the blood goes... Mm. The head goes boom, boom, um, boom, um, boom, um, boom, and the foot goes. Ah, yeah, Acid will ah, adapt
0: ah. itself to whatever situation. Yeah, you know. You throw. So and, and like
1: what happened was when I was, uh, I hitchhiked to Canada when I was like, well, first I hitchhiked to California when I was fourteen. Right? I turned fifteen out there. And Then when I came back to New York, I hitched to Canada. And uh, at that point, you know, I had already gotten a little bit rough because you know at that point i I had been mugging people and shit to survive you know on the streets Mm -hmm. and shit like that and um still only 15. uh and then i hooked up with these fucking real scumbag motherfuckers in canada who were like some of the most violent just fucked up people i ever knew fucked uh, up canadians uh, bro that have, goes against type uh, bro you have no fucking clue it really does go against type but you know something you fucking read this motherfucking book I and mean, oh. i still got people fucking who write to me about those dudes and this is back in the 80s and they're still wow. like they were still like we would go out and fucking you know get in like 20 not even fights more like unleash like 20 or more beatings in the course of a night going into a club on the way to the club people are getting their fucking heads kicked off at the club you're ine- inevitably getting in a fight at the show you know coming back from the fucking show you're getting in a fight I mean I remember we went to see a, a movie on a college campus and we were like walking around kicking the fucking shit out of college students on the campus just because we were there and they were there and you know and and again I I don't want to sound like I'm proud of any of this shit because this is, it, I tell you this is part of the reason why I had such a problem with alcohol and drugs is because I I had a lot of guilt yeah and I had a lot of post traumatic stress mm-hmm. because you know I have been on the receiving end of those beatings I've had I've been beaten into the hospital but I've been fucking left for dead and those same fuckers that I was with in Canada they wound up turning on me and beating my ass so bad, like kicking me around the fucking floor with steel cap boots on, stomping me out. Like I was fucking, I had to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And these guys were like in their 20s. And I was fucking 15. So it's like when that is where your life is, you know, the violence is just the, the extremeness of it just, like I had to start getting like, Help, like mental help over the last few years because of the the memories that like w- would keep me up at night. Mm-hmm. Of like shit that I done and shit that's happened to me. Well like, the
0: ho'oponopono, also you can turn that on yourself too and forgive yourself.
1: Oh, I, I have I forgive myself yeah. because you know, I, I I get it. I understand. Right. I mean, there are unforgivable things that I have done. No, let me rephrase that. I don't forgive myself, but I accept what I've done. Because I honestly don't think that you can forgive yourself for some things. I think that the moment you forgive yourself is the moment you're fucking devaluing the horror of what the fuck you've done and you're not accepting the responsibility for it anymore. I have to feel like shit for those things.
0: This is where I end up. You might not like this next thing I say, but this is what I like about Christianity: is because it always gives you that redemption, the ability. And I know that there there might be a knee jerk reaction of like, "But that," but I do. I
1: just don't fucking. I can't go there. You
0: can't go there.
1: You know. Then what? Fucking Hitler is fucking. You know. he, He can find Jesus and he's all good. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I would rather feel fucked up about the things that I've done than just be okay with it, mm-hmm. you know? I know I'm not going to do it again. Mm-hmm.
0: And I also know... Have you ever asked for forgiveness to, within yourself or to an entity or to to whatever your
1: vision of God is? Uh, I may have. Um, there was... I, I Maybe on severe amounts of hallucinogenics. (laughs) They help. (laughs) Um, And he got a reply too. You know? Oh dude, dude, you wanna talk fucking nice, bro. (laughs) You wanna fucking talk fuck up, man. I remember one time, this is when I was living in Brooklyn, right? I fucking I smoked a bunch of dust I ate acid mm-hmm. and fucking mushrooms and drank mushroom tea and <laughs> ate pills. I fucking wasn't. mushrooms fucking... weren't enough. It was also Oh, no, no, but, but, but check this out. It, but, no, 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 no. You wait a second. It wait off. a second. I don't, you don't even know. Wait till you wait till the capper of this shit. So I'm in the fucking bathtub, uh-huh. right? I got the hot fucking water in the tub, like steaming hot, and I had the cold shower hit me, and I turned off all the lights, and I had the fan blowing on me, so I'm in darkness, total darkness, and I feel the cold hit me and the hot, and the fan blowing. It was like all my senses, every sense was being fucked with, and I'm on fucking PCP, LSD, motherfucking <laughs> mushrooms, and fucked up on pills. Bro. <laughs> Bro. I'm done. Like, you know, people talk are like, "Yeah, you ever think about taking some?" No, (laughs) I did what I had to do. I don't think any good can ever come of that again. Mm. Uh, There's no point in opening that door. (laughs) I went through the motherfucking rabbit hole, came out on the other motherfucking side. Man, I'm lucky I can still think. Like, I'm, you know, there was a few times where I literally I was like, "Wow, I'm." Am I going to be like this forever? Like I remember that a couple times where I was oh, like, yeah. fuck, I think this might have been the time that uh, did it. Like right. I, I don't think I'm, you know, okay, this is how I'm going to be functioning from now on, you know. What about
0: like any other other ones like Ibogaine or DMT or I the did toad DMT or anything? uh to- what toad licking? The toad. No, you smoke the toad. Like you what? S- No, you don't smoke a, a toad. You smoke like this uh the secretion. You frog smoking the, motherfucker. I, I've done it. I've done it twice. It's crazy, that one,
1: though. Man, that's so, yeah.
0: That was like a crazy DMT vibe, huh. you know, like 20 minutes and you go into like some wild. I, I have
1: a few friends of mine that have been trying to, to get me to do that. Uh, What's it called? Aloe, Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca yeah, I got yeah, a couple friends of mine who are like old school popular. A, MMA guys. Like, yeah, I've
0: actually never done that one. I've done Ibogaine. I've done the... You know, I don't the even know what p- the fuck Ibogaine that's is. That's a three-day one from the Bwedi and like a West African tribe called the Bwedi. No, nah, no. And they nah, have a I cracking of the skull one. ceremony and they the the young people the adolescent men do ibogaine ritual they go for three days and then they then they like meditate on their visions for like uh a few weeks in a hut and when they return to the tribe they tell the tribe their new name and no one ever calls them by their old name again
3: oh, okay. that's like that's, a bunch of hippies that's beyond hi- that's <laughs> beyond hippie dude that's
0: like that's some wild shit man I like you know that's when they're like 17. you know something like that yeah fuck all that man i'm good so, so you started out with like their first gigging band was the stimulators
1: right like you actually were the, no but that you know, was
0: my first like famous
1: yeah i was in uh i was in one punk band in europe before then in Denmark. Little Bo- little big boss was the name and it was oh. me and these two french guys it was fucking weird. It was like you know. Again, I I, I got to be like, mom, uh, 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 you know, come on, really? I mean, she let me go on tour with these motherfuckers, me and two French dudes that we didn't know from a fucking hole in the mm-hmm. wall, who were in their twenties. And yeah, take my son, go on tour. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding? Who the fuck lets the fucking twelve year old, ten year, not even? I was like
3: eleven. Right. But that's that's fuck? your first tour. How do you? But so that's the first time you go out. That was my first
1: tour. And then yeah.
3: how as a 10-year-old, how do you process that? Do you know like Um well, I was already a punk
1: rocker, so I was like, you know,
3: we 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 were you know, shit was, it was a game. It was just you know, It was
1: I, I was already a musician. Mm-hmm. You know, I played in my school band and like I I used to actually me and my friends from my school we used to jam on the fucking street for money. Like that was my first money I ever made was playing music on the fucking sidewalk. So but then, yeah, you know, punk rock happened, and um, you know, I got to thank my mom for that one too. You know, she fucking came home with like bought me the Sex Pistols first album and the Dam's first album, and that was it. You know,
0: yeah, she went in the record store and said, "What?" Yeah, she was kids? like, "What?" Yeah, she was like,
1: it? "What is? What are the kids listening to now? What's cool? What's new?" Yeah. You know, because she's always been very up on music. You know, she was always in, on the music scene. You know. From back in the from basically from from the birth of rock and roll you know she remembers when it all began she was one of those big beehive fucking hair you know little richard and all that right. shit you know i mean yeah but so touring but you know it was just it was weird man it was definitely not a uh, environment for a fucking
0: 11 year old Why do you think she was so sort of loose with her sort of parenting structures then? Because, you know, she
1: came from the era when, you know, people were rebelling. I mean, America, Mm -hmm. up until the hippies, was pretty uptight and rigid, and I guess they fucking went completely to the other end of that fucking spectrum. And then, you know, she had me, and I was kind of just like, you know, an accessory, really. You know, it wasn't like she all of a sudden, like, I have a kid, now I have to start being a, a... Parent. It was like, okay, I have my kid. Let's go hitchhike. But you're also Let's go to kind this of show. a star. Let's go like to...
0: you're kind of a child star in a weird way. And like, an, and
1: sort of like I a... didn't start out that way, right? You know, it's before that happened. I was fucking hitchhiking and and you know traveling all over the world and like living in fucking North Africa and you know going to the top of the fucking Atlas Mountains with like some guy named Muhammad. You know, it, it was fucking. That's why It was weird. How, did, was, you how did you
0: go to the top of the Atlas Mountains with Mohammed?
1: Why? How? Or oh, how well, did that because happen? Because we lived at the foothills of the, of the Atlas Mountains and we wanted to go.
0: So your mom was like traveling and introducing oh, yeah. you to all kinds oh, of wild shit, people. Oh, shit, yeah,
1: man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was that was with my stepfather, too, at that point. I had a couple stepfathers for periods of time. And you wrote a book of poetry when you were seven, and it wasn't really poetry. It was it was short story, uh, two short stories, mostly illustrations. Uh But uh, I I wrote that in Morocco. That's wild. Um, And that's why one of the uh, stories is very. It's about a shopkeeper and and his donkey Mm -hmm. in Morocco, (laughs) and uh, you know because that's what I was seeing. That's that was what was around me. It was fucking. I mean, it was wild. We were, like, the only white people, obviously, in the village we were living in. It was just, like, maybe 20 huts, like, not huts, but, like, yeah, you know, mud houses, you know, like... uh but alongside the high, or alongside the road. So uh, Morocco, that's a, that has a beat like the
0: Paul Bulls went to Morocco and Burroughs and all those yeah, guys didn't and, they and, did, and
1: fucking what's his name from the uh, Rolling Stones went and recorded all that shit up, right. uh Brian James all the the master musicians of jujuka Uh-huh. Was she that's, following
0: that's, like a beat poet out there or uh, what No, were,
1: no, it was just uh you know it was just one of the things to do, you know. Right. Hippies fucking went to Morocco for whatever reason, you know. Right. And I mean, like I was saying, you know, we, there was a, it was a small village, and we had this little bullshit uh, mini-type van-type thing that we bought from the Danish postal department. So it was like a little post van-type mm-hmm. thing, and we would drive to Marrakesh, which was like a good hour or so from where we were staying, and like we would pile everybody from the fucking village into our fucking like it would be like standing room only because it was a Fucking long trek to get there, otherwise, right? And we'd be driving back, standing room with like motherfuckers holding, like carrying chickens and goat heads and all kinds of shit. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, I, I didn't even know it was weird, right? You know, it you was kind of cool. Life as it comes. It when you're was fucking a kid. cool, yeah. You know, I mean, some of the things I saw there really just blew my mind, like in Marrakesh and just seeing all these fucking, uh, like, you know. I don't know if they were fucking Bedouins or what, but, like, dudes on these these horses and their turbans and, like, these fucking, like... It was just... It was like fucking Aladdin-type shit. Like, it was like, for, you know, little fucking white kid, man. I was like, wow, this is motherfucking
0: mind-boggling shit, man. Did you start a spiritual kind of seeking during in, in that realm? Like, just because all that pressure and intensity on a young mind, is that when you turn to, like... Because I know that you, like... You have like a kind of a spiritual like sort of belief or c- conscious contact with a higher power type of thing. Did that occur when you were young like that, or did nah, that come that, later? No, that
1: came later. I think that came actually... That really came as a result of the, the insane amount of violence and drugs that I saw and experienced uh, on the Lower East Side because I don't think you can... I don't think you can like be in close contact with death so regularly and not seek something because life seems so bum like uh chaotic and it can go it, it it can end at any given second right you know so you gotta find something some meaning some permanence some anchor oh thank you. And uh, actually, no, this is still good, man. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, like, I, you know, I, I wound up, you know, discovering, you know, Vaishnavism and you know Hinduism and this What's and that. It, basically, that's what the fucking Hari Krishnas are into. Uh, that's Hare what they—they're not actually called Hari Krishnas. That's just the mantra that they chant. They're—they're uh, uh, they're actually practicing the principles of Vaishnavism. Okay. You know, but now, you know, I've kind of gotten to a place, honestly, where I'm really more, I would have to say, agnostic than anything because mm-hmm. I, I don't know and I don't claim to know. Mm. I don't pretend to know. And honestly, when people tell me they do know, I have to say to myself, I think you're full of shit. Well, I know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Well, please. Uh, Share, share. Uh, But, you know, it's just like, (laughs) you know, I I just got to a place where I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'm fine with not knowing. I can respect that. I think the the goal is to be at peace when you die. Mm -hmm. If you can be there, then everything is cool. Mm. because ultimately that's the moment that really counts that's like the pop quiz like did you figure it out you know are you what st- do you think happens when you die fuck
0: uh, you know, I know I, we don't know but I what, mean, what, I, you what you know do you what? think
3: I, do you remember anything from your overdoses like where you oh, almost, almost died no because no, like, uh, no, you know, I, I really, he almost died oh, uh, uh, maybe he's know, got know, maybe I, he's I, got I, I died you know memories times. from yeah so what was it like but I
1: couldn't tell you I don't remember any fucking thing but um you know I just, you know, if, if you could be at peace with yourself and not feel, like, freaked out about your life and, like, if, as long as you're not, like, afraid to go and as long as you're not, like, oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, oh, my, 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 my children, my wife, my cat, you know, it's, like, people are, like, that's panic, that's fear, that's not, that's definitely not the goal, you know. The goal is to be, like, okay, I'm breathing, I'm relaxing, and I'm leaving, and... I'm ready. I'm
3: you good know? to go.
1: And if you're there, man, then you're good. Yeah, I think that's a tall order to get there. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think I many saw- people get there. Well, I think you know some what? do. I don't I don't think many people get there. I don't think many I think very yeah. few people get there. I think that's why I think, why every, I think the whole fucking world is running around like fucking headless chickens trying to distract themselves Tell from the me fact about that they it, are too. going to fucking shit the bed. Yep. <laughs> you know? I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, mm. I mean, and I can tell you, you know, my mom was always really afraid of death, but when she did finally die, she was really okay with it. Mhm. And um, that's amazing. You know, I just hope I can uh, take a page out of her book. What you did know? she? What did you get to say to her before? What, uh, you know? Well, um, sadly, she. Um, she expired before I got to the hospital, but she was still warm, so her spirit was there. All of her body hadn't died yet, but she had expired, and um, but leading up to it, we um we had closure, and like I said, we had a really not great relationship for most of uh, most of my adult life. Right. And, uh, you know, I loved her to death as a kid, but right. in hindsight, I got really pissed off. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that me and her were able to put that shit in its place. I'm glad for you too, yeah. man.
0: I have a similar difficulty with my family of origin too, and, and kind of coming back around towards. Trying to find some peace. You got to your, fix that shit, man. You got to fix you gotta it. You got to fix it because or otherwise you, best. Just, you,
1: you wind up with a hole in your heart. man. Yeah. Because you can't. Once they're gone, you can't fix it. And then you yeah. then all you can do is just try to be yeah.
0: okay with it. Right. You got to fix it within yourself. Some, pe- some people you can't really fix it with because there's no gig. Agreed.
1: Agreed you know but, but then you also you have tri- to you
0: also have to be able to be good with that and that's why i like the Ho'oponopono, Pono because it's my fucking
1: ho <laughs> ass motherfucker i, I a... own <laughs> the did you the buy copyright. that trademark or something yeah. do you fucking do do like selling ho poponopono
0: juice right here this motherfucker yeah i got it i got i got you pegged, so so like with the stimulators you guys got like Pretty popular, right? Yeah, you like yeah, became a we big like, band. I we were know actually you did
3: covers, or you were the we house own, band?
1: No, we were we I, we did a couple covers, but we did we were not a cover band. um No, we fucking we were doing well. I mean, we toured fucking. We went to motherfucking Ireland. They wouldn't let us tour the UK because I was a Ireland? minor. Every fucking way. Dublin. We, we was in Dublin, Wheatlands? Belfast. Wheatlands? We were in Derry, Cork, kilkenny No, we didn't play there. No, we, 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 that. we 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 we. But I mean, that was like, that was- Cork is nice. That was one of the, that was a game changer for me because that was like, I was telling you, my neighborhood was pretty rough, right? And and like, you know, Whitey pretty much got his ass kicked. That was his job in my neighborhood. (laughs) And when I went to Belfast and I saw all these fucking rough neck motherfucking hard ass white boys, Fighting with the cops, fighting with the fucking the RUC, like going toe to toe with motherfucking cops, shit with shields and shit, and they're fighting them, and I'm like, whoa, I'm like, damn, white boys got some fucking heart, man. I'm like, shit, I didn't know. And
0: that's where you discovered the skinhead. Well, that's the I got my head shaved was in
1: Belfast by the uh, the guy who was roading for this band called the Outcasts. Okay. And he, you know, shaved my head, gave me a pair of suspenders. Wait, gave me he was a, a roadie Sherman. for Outcast. Yeah, the Outcast. No, not the rapper. I know, no, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. making yeah, a, joke. Here. a
0: joke. Come I'm being a joke. Oh, whoa, whoa, motherfucker. All right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nailed
1: it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like when I when I came back to New York, like I remember the Skins over there, they were like, teach america about skinheads right and so like i went on a fucking mission you know and uh-huh. and that's again one of the, not my proudest moments because you know we all saw where that went what uh, the skinhead movement yeah, I mean, it started off as a good time fucking went way south mm. but um you know
0: well what, what do you mean by like the the racist part of that or there's not not everybody's skinhead no. obviously is like yeah what, no
1: i know but but that's to me you know I can only speak for myself, but I, I, the skinhead thing for me wasn't about the fucking clothing or the music. It was about the violence. Mm, oh, I see. You know, right? We were like the thugs of the punk rock scene, right? You know, basically, we listened to the same music, but we kicked people's asses. But it makes punk sense. rockers got jumped. We didn't get jumped. It makes sense. We sense that did. You went jumping. that way. Considering where you grew up, well, yeah, up with it and made the all viol- su- the it
0: violence, made all the sense. All of a sudden, now you can all become of a, sudden the I became a man. Exactly.
1: Yeah. All of a sudden, I was finding what I thought was my manhood, mm-hmm. and that's why you know, as a, as a father now, you know, I'm you know I'm going through some shit with my eldest son who's you know out in the streets doing his wild shit. You oh, know? Okay. He's in, he's in a gang. He's in he's fucking up. He's doing shit he that's shouldn't wild. be doing, and you know, but as much as as much as it freaks me out I also get it and I understand mm. you know unfortunately he doesn't live with me so I understand what it's like to not have a positive male figure in your life on a regular basis mm. you're going to gravitate towards the alphas and you know yeah. you're not going to gravitate towards the the, the the people who are like getting victimized you know you're going to gravitate towards you, you, you want to be The man, you know, you want to be a hard ass. You don't want to be a fucking puss. You want to fucking, you know, I mean, who's the biggest, baddest motherfucking uh, gorilla in the jungle? I mean, who's running, who runs the gorillas? The biggest, baddest one. Right. Same shit with the fucking lions or whoever else. So as a young male with no fucking direction, no guidance, you know, you see nothing but shit around you. You know, it's really easy to fucking get lost is so, his
0: perspective of you like poisoned by your ex? It was, kind but
1: it was. But you know, I, I've, I'm confident that uh, I'm making the impact on him that I need to make. I mean, my all you can do is be the example. You can't make other people do necessarily what you want them to do you can't make them think the way you want them to think all you can do is be the person that inspires like you have to take it upon yourself to i am going to set an example i changed my life i'm happy i'm making money i'm not out there stomping motherfuckers I'm not out there fucking doing wrong shit. Have I done wrong shit? Yes. I'm not that person. Okay. I think a lot of the fucked up things I did were a direct result of post-traumatic stress. Because not knowing that you have it, but responding to everything with it. You know? You don't know you have PTSD until somebody fucking lets you in on that little secret. So... When somebody fucking pushes you the wrong way, you don't go from, like, zero to one to two, three, mm-hmm. four, five. You go from zero to 100. Motherfucker! Right. What? I fucking, you know. I know. I so, feel you on you know.
0: that. Know. <laughs> I've been there, Yeah. Too, yeah, so, uh-huh. so
1: I know that, you know, what I want for him, I got to show him mm. by being that. I can't make him that. I got to be that. How old is he? He's going to be 18. Oh, okay. You know, it's the fucking hardest part of life, man. Yeah. So, you know, you can't, you know, all you can do is what you can do. And you have two kids? Yeah, two sons. And then how old is the other one? 15.
0: Oh, okay. Man. Is he going down a, a weird road, too, uh, or you not? You know
1: what? He's there. No, but yeah, you know, he's not going down that road. Right. You know, uh i i don't have any siblings but the more i i know about people it's like two kids can be re- brothers and close to the same age and be completely so different human absolutely so different human beings they usually are be uh, uh, mind-bogglingly so yeah mind-bogglingly so man and you know i fucking love them both to death they're both great kids you know he's just He's lost right now, and and that's life. Who the fuck hasn't been lost at eighteen? Damn, dude. you know what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I've been lost
0: at, like, yeah. throughout my forties, like, dude. My dude, man. Know, I'm, like, you know, on. I just it's fucking like, found myself a
2: few years I, I, ago. I, me man. too, dude. You know, me
0: too. I'm still finding. Yeah. Like I was talking, yeah, yeah. I was talking to someone about like uh, this stuff, like the whole concept of I found Jesus, it's like, I, I hate, I, I would never say I found Jesus because that sounds the was. same thing as like, <laughs> I'm enlightened, I'm i am like finding Jesus or finding myself or whatever. I know not, you might not want to frame it in a Jesus-y way and I get that, no, but I, like.
1: I, 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 you know, but, everybody needs a guru, bro. Right. A guru is just a teacher. Or God or whatever you It's just you a teacher, yeah. bro, you know, and you know, i if people can have enough faith yeah. to hold on, then you know, that's what, that's what religion is there for. That's what God is there for. Give you the faith that you don't have.
0: Yeah. You know, have you ever read Sid Arthur by Herman Hess? No, I'm not
1: much of a reader. I I, I hate to admit. Yeah. Well, uh, I write, I don't read. It's like (laughs) the story. It's like the story
0: of the Buddha. And he like, he, he, you know, at first is like just out there and like meditating and stuff. And then he finally goes into the world and he ends up having a son. And the part of the, interesting part of the story is even though he's mastered all these things in life he has this difficult relationship with his son
1: well i'm kind of in the same fucking position yeah remind me of that sort of but you know i think that that is i guess that's a normal thing because kids are gonna as much as they learn from you they're also going to rebel against you 100 percent. it's going to be a little bit of both you know, yeah. and the weird shit though, the really weird shit, I mean I, I, I doubt you look at any of my social media bullshit but I my, just
0: started following you on Instagram. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be like so, uh, so now you'll be fucking stalking you. You'll be like, you'll you be like now. yo bro, hono hono mo 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll mo, be like bro. hey bro, remember about <laughs> Ho'oponopono, <laughs> yeah, bro. Exactly. Hono <laughs> <on>, motherfucker bro. <laughs> you know, but, but but check it. So like I write a lot of
1: shit about like uh, yeah. I don't want to say self help but uh, I write, I too. I, I I write a lot shit. of shit about, you know, not giving up. Right. Like, because this last record when I was, you know, first of all, my boy Dan fucking killed himself. That mm-hmm. fucking just fucked me up. And then, you know, isn't there controversy around that, though? Or do you, do you, d- death <laughs> He's dead. Right. But, you know, one way what or the controversy? Other. The motherfucker's yeah. gone. He's not right. breathing fucking air anymore. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. He's right. dead. Yeah. You know, it's fucking heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. You know, and so it's like I got this guy that is, like, one of the only fucking friends of mine that I, like, looked up to. Mm -hmm. I don't look up to many people. There's very few people that can even fucking have a conversation with me that's worth shit Mm. because most people haven't done fucking anything or seen fuck all. Right. This is a guy that I could sit and fucking talk to. This was a guy that I could ask questions, a guy that I would fucking – you know, I would know I was going to see him, and I'd be racking my brain: what do I want to talk about with him? Mm. What do I want to ask him? What what kind of conversation do I want to try to kick off? Because mm. I knew I'd get something out of it. And any fucking, you know, a a moment of fucking weakness. That that's all.
2: It's
1: mm. all it fucking takes. I know. And it's like, you know, and I'm always telling people, like, don't fucking give up, man. I was in the, my life was a fucking hell. Mm. I lost everything. I lost the people I loved. I fucking lost everything. I could have never imagined ever being happy. I could have never imagined ever fucking being in love again. Right. Finding peace. And the fact that I fucking did is why I tell people, you don't know what the future has for you. Things may suck right now. They may suck for a fucking, it took me almost eight fucking years. If you would've told me, your life is gonna suck ass for eight years and then it's gonna be all right. I'd be like, man, I don't think I can take this for fucking eight years, Mm -hmm. But you know what? I did. I did. And motherfuckers handle worse than that. So you know what? There is a fucking, there is hope. Definitely. There is fucking hope.
0: Yeah.
1: And sometimes that's all you have. Yeah. I think
0: our states of mind are being attacked right now too by all that's going on.
1: Uh, You know what? I, I think we're just fucking weak. I think motherfuckers are just crumbling under the little bit of fucking pressure that's fucking happening. Oh, no, so fucking a, who? You it's got- a
0: lot of pressure.
1: What? It's motherfuckers a lot. can't go out.
0: It's a lot. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. It's layered. Man. I'm sorry, man. It's- <laughs> <laughs> fucking
1: motherfucking, you know, you wanna talk about pressure? Imagine living in a fucking behind a wall or in a basement for fucking till the war ends because you don't want to fucking get killed by the fucking Nazis. Yeah. You know? You wanna talk about pressure? Fucking go to Liberia motherfuckers are hacking each other up with fucking machetes. Yeah. We ain't got shit to People fucking do.
3: here can't get a haircut fuck. and they're like It's like
1: what the fuck is your problem? It's be on a- that. Come no, on, man, bro. I'm sorry, man. People but, are ha- fucking fragile, man. Well, it, the, the humanity as my wife always points out to me is a fucking tissue tear away from fucking total motherfucking chaos. Yeah.
0: People need purpose. People if, need if, people, fucking... if people have purpose, they can they can overcome anything. But without that, you, you're 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 hobbled. You know, it's really yeah. like this guy Eckhart Tolle. You ever heard of him? Power of Now or whatever. Do you know?
1: He, I don't know shit,
2: bro. I didn't even well, know about he, the Ho Ho Momo. He, he, well, he's Show he, show he, yeah. Coco.
0: Whatever. He's it was. like self-helpy too, though. Like, but he said this book. Uh, he read this book called uh, The Road Less Traveled. In the first, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. The first it's by Doctor Scott M Peck or whatever. But he, the first sentence on You're it was say Dr Seuss Dr Seuss uh but no it's uh Dr I'm trying to come up with a joke but none <laughs> <laughs> so, but, If but, you got to uh, think on it too yeah, no, i yeah. but so but the first sentence on it is life is difficult and then he said he could put the book down because once you frame life like with that n- knowledge that oh it's supposed to be difficult well, yeah well, you, or like, you, you when I go... learn
1: shit if it's easy all the fucking time yeah
0: but that helps people like to know oh it's like if i go into 12-step programs and everybody's like talking about how difficult shit is it makes me feel better like mi- not misery loves company but kind of i couldn't fuck
1: with all that 12-step shit man I, I you know what I, I, a bunch of people sitting around talking about getting high like mm-hmm. it's you know all you know you might as well just go get high man you're sitting well, there fucking they're, meditating they're talking on about them, talking their about, their about personal... you're sitting there drinking caffeine and chain smoking cigarettes yeah. and talking about getting you
0: I know, know. I know, yeah. I know I know I know <laughs> I'm like dude not well, for that me, was man. like my first like community when i found that i found that when it was quite young and it was like i think similar to what you what you found when you discovered like harry krishna's and stuff like that. yeah
1: like a, a, a pl- like a family a, yeah you know I, I i think i was really just looking for i don't know what the fuck i was looking for i was just lucky mm-hmm. and let me just be clear that i'm not down with religions okay mm. again like i said before i think at this point in my life i i'm I'm agnostic because I don't claim to have any kind of answers. But I will say this, though, that I reject that completely because purely based on the fact that India is a fucking caste system and I can't go there. Mm -hmm. I can't go there. A religion that comes from a culture that is based on racism and sexism and and bullshit i can't i can't. You can't i just can't go there and most religions once you peel back the the spiritual part of it are basically you know political organizations based on motherfucking you know oppression uh male dominance and fucking horse shit yeah you know and i cannot fucking go there yeah, I, I can't that. fucking go there man
0: and yeah, I also, yeah, you not know, love organized religion.
1: I either. just can't, it's man. I can't thing. fucking go there. I'm, I'm done. I'm, you know, just like I'm fucking, I am not a re- Democrat or a fucking Republican. I think all these motherfuckers are all full of fucking shit.
0: Right. It's you know? true. It creates division.
1: Yeah, man. You know.
0: So, but you were talking about you like posting. You were saying about your post. Oh yeah. positive, yeah. Well, yeah. comp- what I was saying is like say I get that.
1: a lot of people writing me, right? Who are like, thank you for, you know, mm. I was gonna kill myself. I was gonna. Th- 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 so it's like I got all these people that I'm constantly that are constantly thanking me and yet I can't fucking reach my son yeah. that's where I was going with oh, that oh I see what you mean Yeah, you know it's like you can be like a guide to so many people that's... and then the person that you want to help the most you can't get through to and you know it's wild that it's it? some wild shit man I you have know, a but similar feeling is, is, you know this is I my... guess what being a father is it's like you know being concerned being you know hopeful and uh you know waiting for that fucking bad phone call hoping you don't get it yeah and uh you know just hoping they make it to 25 so that you know that they'll be all right
0: <laughs> yeah and you and you're now inspired right with your new music and oh, stuff i'm, like I'm that. always inspired man. i saw it because i went on your instagram you're like i'm about to like Make the best cr- oh, cro record. I'm always
1: climbing, man. I'm climbing, climbing, climbing. Yeah, I don't even.
0: How do you? How do? You, see, because that is the gift and the blessing, right there. That that oh, desire to
1: just that energy you just yeah gave out. That that's I'm my always joy. Climbing. That's my joy. So
0: many people don't have
1: that. For me, that's like it's like surfing or skydiving. It's just it's my joy. I mean, I I it's I I think it's an, i actually think it's a mental disorder. It's quite faith. <laughs> it's faith. You know, I I think it's a tick. I I think I have a fucking (laughs) tick. I think I'm just like, it's like instead of like, you know, tapping my foot, I play my bass. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I I think it's a fucking neurosis, man, because it's like the fact that I sit up at, I'm up at two, three in the morning thinking of time signatures, overlapping different time signatures in my head and counting them and, ah, and I'm... What the fuck is wrong with me? Who does this besides a fucking crazy person? <laughs> like, who sits up at three fucking in the morning, trying to figure out a chord progression because I'm trying to write this song so that I can go and play it for people and hopefully they'll like it. Who? What's my fucking problem?
0: That's the Why best. Why can't I not it's just chill creative the fuck genius, out? dude? Like... If you don't have that, you have like you're just bored.
1: Yeah. I would fucking lose my mind.
0: I would too. So many people don't have that. That's a big gift. It's like
3: the need to create, right? That
0: need to create. Where does it that fucking drive? makes me nuts, man. Where does that drive come from? I don't know, man. I was, you know. Jaco Pistorius.
1: Yeah, that motherfucker, man. I have one of his
0: basses. I heard that. Yeah, that, that. That's a very enviable man. What?
1: Yeah, it's a—it's a, it's a, not He's one a you would ever ever seen him play. It's an Ibanez. I've never seen him play it That's one still live. Who cares? Yeah, he got it in <laughs> Japan uh, with, uh, <laughs> when he was over there with Weatherport, right? It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: you ain't gonna get the Fender P bass or whatever. No, a jazz yeah, oh, jazz yeah, bass. Yeah, he was a jazz yeah, bass yeah. guy, but yeah. yeah, that fretless one. Yeah, he ripped his frets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I did that with savage. a P bass just because of him. Just cause
1: to just to emulate I, him. Oh, yeah, I worshipped him. I almost did it to several basses. I did it to one of mine not doing it but yeah you know. i still have the one that i did it too yeah. It it's fucking funny he was crazy man I, I have a few moments did you meet him yeah uh a few times but um never like coherently <laughs> like right. i can't say i met him i was near him while he was you know being his messy fucking self yeah. um several times i remember one time seeing him fucking naked on the street pouring past like pouring a Foster's over his head, and these two chicks are trying to get him into a cab. <laughs> that was one funny time. Uh, I remember one fucked up story, man. Daryl from the Bad Brains, man, he, he met him, and he was going to get a... Jocko said, uh, come by my house um, sometime. I'll give you a free bass lesson. Mm. So fucking Daryl naturally was like, oh, my fucking God. Like I'm going to get a, a bass lesson from God. you know?" Right. <laughs> like-
0: the Jimi Hendrix of bass
1: yeah, you know? So mm-hmm. fucking Daryl's like pumped. He fucking goes, gets his bass. He fucking goes over to the building where Jocko meets, where we're supposed to meet. Jocko? Jocko fucking shows up like whatever, an hour later. Doesn't have the keys, so they have to climb the fucking fire escape to get in, right? So they get in, they go upstairs. <laughs> Daryl's like, oh, fucking, this is going to be great. And fucking Jocko, Jaco fucking cracks out a fucking uh, crack stem and says, are you ready for your free bass lesson? oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it <laughs> ah, fucking, fucking <laughs> Daryl's heart like he was just like his soul just sank
0: did he smoke with Jocko? no he didn't no. <laughs> oh, did man.
3: you?
1: No, 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 I wasn't no. I was never really I I based a few times. It was that shit was not my thing. Mm. I remember you know, back in the day when motherfuckers used to have to like carry a briefcase with all their shit, you know. To how did brief- you, How
0: did you switch from drums to bass then and start the Chrome mags or how did that Uh hold? you
1: know what? I just I um I just got tired of writing music and teaching it to other people. Mm-hmm. Cuz I was writing music. What would you write on? Bass. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I literally I got, After playing with like several different assholes And basically teaching them how to play Uh Like bringing them from the level of amateurs To actually being functioning musicians And then fucking them bailing And I was like fuck this Tired of writing songs and teaching them the motherfuckers And then they don't fucking stick around So I just switched And we got a drummer Mm. uh, Easy switch for you?
2: Um Yeah.
1: Funny shit, though. When I first started playing bass, I used to, you know, how you play this way. But when I first started playing, I would sit the fucking bass on my lap and play it almost like a pedal steel. Like Jeff Healy. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like I was like, I'd do th- I'd be fretting over the top of the neck instead of underneath mm. the bottom and like and kind of hitting the strings. because I was still like more of a drummer. Mm. But and that's how I first started writing Songs, you know.
0: Yeah, your style's real percussive. Anyway, it's all it's percussive, like super man. It's percussive. all
1: percussive. That's it's. I I just fucking play the drums on the bass. That's all, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's why me and my drummer are fucking like. We we have a real Same. beautiful connection, man. That's also why I'm a little fucking beat up today, man. Me and that savage fucking killed a fucking entire bottle of vodka last night. You know oh really? I mean, I don't know. Wh- I don't even remember walking my dogs this morning. That's funny. Big fucking bottle, man. Beautiful. Where'd you
0: go? Nowhere. My Nowhere? couch.
1: <laughs>
0: People are outside drinking
1: though now. Like, yeah, no, man. I don't do that. I like to be close to my bed. I don't want to have to get home once I'm drunk. Do you smoke weed? Uh, I've been known to. Smoke some weed in my, I almost in my brought life. some, but I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, yeah, I all... have
0: CBD though. If you want some of that, Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. Man. thank you. Um, so, how did the
1: Cro-Max start? What's the story there? Uh, I, 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 I knew I wanted to do something different, and uh, I started writing songs. And I quit the stimulators because I wanted to do that. I started. I, you know what? It was really because like I was starting it. It was the first wave of hardcore bands were starting to happen. Punk was just starting to transition. Um, Max's was still around. What's the difference between punk and hardcore? Well, it was just a progression of the same thing. Right. You know, just hard, hardcore more. just got a little faster. Okay. You know, the slam, the pogo dancing turned into slam dancing and stage diving, and mm-hmm. I think punk rock was a little bit more fashion conscious, and hardcore was less give a fuck about the effort of you know perfectly spiking your mohawk and having you know your bondage pants and all your perfect spikes. More real spikes. anger I It think. was just more the music was more hostile I think. More aggressive. And the the dancing became more violent and mm. it was just it got faster it kind of got stripped down like I was saying you know kids instead of wearing like you know all kinds of fucking gear and shit started just wearing like sneakers or boots and jeans and t-shirts and shaving their heads or whatever like it just got you know it's just a fucking another chapter of punk rock it was like basically like mainstream media had kind of declared punk rock was done you know Sid had died you know and, and that pretty much You know, when Nancy died, it, like, scared everybody out of punk rock. Like, all all the major labels had been signing. They had started signing bands. The Clash got signed to, like, fucking major label. Generation X was on, like, Chrysalis or whoever the fuck. Like, Susie and the Banshees. All the big punk bands were getting signed. They were no longer garage bands. They were actually playing at the fucking Palladium Mm -hmm. in, like, big places. Right. And then fucking Nancy fucking died and Sid. And then it was like, everybody was like, oh, punk's over! don't touch this shit. Oh. You know, all of a sudden, Billy Idol's fucking, you know, rebel yelling and every fucking thing else. Like punk rock got scary. You mm-hmm. know, it, it was like it was cool. It got real. Yeah, it got real when motherfuckers like, you know. When that shit went down, it got scary for people. And then the rest of us were like, we're not done. You know, yeah, punk rock. Punk rock might be dead on Kings Row in fucking England, but it's very much motherfucking alive on Avenue A, bitches. Right. <laughs> you know, we were just not done. You know, we and so we just the music got faster, the shit got more aggressive, and you know, I, I was really inspired by like you know bands that the Stimulators had been playing with. Like we've played with the Circle Jerks in their first New York show. I was, you know, I was wow. with Black Flag when they were auditioning Henry. And I remember yeah. before he was in the band. And, you know, so things like that were starting to happen. And they weren't really called hardcore bands yet. People started calling it hardcore punk. And then uh, the band DOA from Canada put out a record, I think it was called Hardcore 82. And that's kind of the first time that the name was used in context with... Uh, a music, so style. So New York hardcore uh, uh, was before it? that. You only associated it with pornography.
0: Oh right.
3: So it wasn't New York hardcore right off the bat. That oh, no, came later. No, the no. name. Yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. That that was like um and that whole the X symbol with the NYHC. They stole that from DC. You know they used to do the DC hardcore thing, and, they, and that X that they used to use in DC. That's what, the
0: straight-edge shit. Well, right?
1: what, how that came about was they would have all-age shows in D.C. Oh, I see. And if you were a minor, they'd X. draw a big X they on still your hand. do. So that you couldn't buy alcohol. So that's how that started. So all the straight-edge kids in D.C. started doing that as their thing. And they started writing Xs on. So we, being the assholes we were, started doing, like, Xs with circles. We were We were no edge. We were like, fuck you. You know, Ian, they had that song, don't drink, don't smoke, don't fuck. We were like, we drink we smoke, we fuck,
3: fuck you. You know, we were, we were just assholes. We were but nihilistic like a bunch fucking, me. yeah, you know, <laughs> we were just
1: total assholes. How old are you now at that um, time? Oh, oh, then?
3: Yeah. Oh, I
1: don't know, in 1980, how fucking old was I? Like 15 or some shit, 16? I mean, I'm fucking 53, you know?
3: So Cro-Mag started when you were that young? Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, that's when I started piecing it together. Uh, took until like 1984 before it was like an actual gigging. But I went through like several lineups and only did like one gig and I actually didn't even do the gig under the name Chromags because I felt like it wasn't really ready yet. So I didn't, wa- I wanted to get up on stage and I wanted to get our feet wet, but I was like, this is not, we're not there yet. So I'm not advertising the name yet. Cause I don't want people.
0: Cause you already had the name and
1: you already I, I already made had the name and I also had a reputation because of having been in the stimulators, I right. knew that if I, everybody knew that I was starting a band called the Cro-Mags. I was writing it everywhere, right? And I knew that if I advertised the Cro-Mags, all my friends and all the kids from the scene were, we're all going to come, come. And I and judge, and, and I knew that we're we, like yeah, this. exactly because they, they <laughs> yeah, because because I had a rep. I was an actual musician. I wasn't right. one of these fucking You're amateur the motherfuckers. You know, the, all these, all those hardcore kids were pretty much hacks. They they weren't really musicians. Right. I was. And I knew that this shit wasn't ready, so I called it uh, as a joke. I called it disco smoothie, mm. you know, and it was so funny because we played at uh, the Peppermint Lounge, right? And like all these weird, like disco motherfuckers, disco up, like, smoothie yeah, like at the Peppermint like, Lounge. Yeah, it was like these like motherfuckers <laughs> in there who look like straight talking about Doctor Seuss fever. There's man. my
0: Doctor Seuss joke: Disco <laughs> smoothie at the Peppermint Lounge sounds like a Doctor
1: Seuss story. It does sound like a fucking yeah. Doctor Seuss. That right? That's like right after Dogs and Cars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what the first Cro-Max gig was it? Packed or what was the scene when well, you guys it was, were uh, ready? Yeah.
1: Oh, when we started actually playing when as the like, Chromex? Yeah, yeah, when yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When we, blew, dropped, we we, we like, fucking took over. Like, first show, we owned it. Like, every other band was like... Ugh. Where was the first show? CBs. Wow. And I remember all the other bands kind of not being thrilled. <laughs> right. Because we just, I'm sorry, man. We fucking, day one, man, we smoked all those motherfuckers. Right. How they did you find like
0: how how you find everybody who became the
1: first iteration of the cro Uh, they were all people I knew from having come to stimulator shows. Right. Paris, the old guitarist, he was a huge stimulators fan and he'd been coming to see us play for years. Same thing with John. He had I had met him at our shows and um Mackie, I knew from around the way because he had played drums with a couple other bands, a couple other local bands. He played with like Urban Blight and um, this band called Frontline. And he was really the only drummer in the city besides myself that were any good as far as rock drummers of that genre. Mm-hmm. So like when I switched to drums, it was kind of like, fuck, what do I do? And he was- When really, you switched really, to bass. That's what I mean. When I switched to bass, it was like, what do I do now? Like who? And Paris was like, maybe we should ask Mackie. And I didn't think he'd do it. But he did, and pow. The rest is And that, that was the lineup that launched Age of Quarrel, and of course, the Chrome Mags have been through like you know fucking revolving door lineups. I mean, it's been—you know—I have to, i have, have have to think about <laughs> all the people that have been in the band. It's like. Yeah, you know, but the risk. one consistent thing has been me. You know, I came up with the name. I recorded the first demo by myself. I fucking played the drums, bass, guitar, and sang on oh, it. Oh, you did all that? Yeah, that was the template. That was what started Where it. Where did you record it? Uh, at this place called um, uh, High Five Studio, I think.
0: Did you sing on the first de- demo too? Yeah. yeah Why yeah. didn't
1: you just want to be the
0: singer and bass player? You just wanted to? I
1: didn't want to be the singing bass player. I, right. I, didn't, I never wanted to be the singer. I just I sang on that because I was making you know i was making a record i was trying right. to put something together but uh i never really wanted to be a singer i'm a musician i you know right. I, I like to play i like to write music i like to touch instruments I, I i never wanted to just like hey i'm up here with my microphone fucking love me
2: hey you man I, that's what i do
1: <laughs> well, that, you know you know what god I'm, bless you i'm we up need here that with my guy. microphone we need me. that love guy me. you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> without that guy the rest you of the band doesn't guy. have a job yeah. you know <laughs> you
0: know that's funny so you guys, and then you got signed to the hip hop label. Yeah. Too, right? Profile. That? Profile. Yeah. It had, was great. It was funny because they, it was Run they,
1: DMC. Run DMC, fucking uh, Rob, Rob Bass. Rob Bass. I, I remember all that shit was coming out at the same time as Age of Coral. In fact, there, there was a f- great fucking fuck up at the pressing plant because they were pressing. Run D M C's records. Put them the, in the yeah, I have. A, <laughs> I had a couple of Age of Quarrels with the Run D M C fucking logo stamp, like with the label from the Run D M C
3: on the fucking vinyl. But it's but the it's right Age vinyl or just the wrong? wrong no, it's right vinyl, wrong, wrong label. Just the
0: wrong label on wrong it. label. Yeah, it was fucking cool. That's funny. That's probably worth something.
1: Oh fuck yeah, man! I wish I knew where my copy of that shit went. Right, somebody <laughs> stole that motherfucker. And you guys kind of blew up straight away, yeah, right? Yeah, like
0: you got big. And we were, were the on,
1: first hardcore band that I know of that got signed to an actual real label. Like, were everybody else was Indies. And
0: yeah, like man.
1: We, were fucking, we went on tour with Motorhead, like, pretty much right away. That's you know? crazy. I mean, well, no, not right away. We went on tour with Motorhead in 87. And That's we started gigging, like, CBs and everywhere in 84. So it wasn't that long. It wasn't that... You Where know.
3: were Motorhead what, playing in 87? What was it like being on tour
1: with Lemmy? It was fucking great. Um, they were playing... Um,
3: where did I see them? The first
1: time they played in New York, they played at Irving Plaza.
3: Oh, that size venue. Oh. And then
1: the second time they played at the Palladium, and uh, then they, you know, they played at Lemoore's in Queens once. But uh, you know, we were playing all different size venues. You, you it were mostly a thousand or up, you know. And, That's uh, massive. For us, it, the yeah, opportunity to play with Motorhead was like huge. I mean, we were yeah. used to playing places like A7. Not, but we didn't play A7, but. Yeah, 30, you know, right. we were used to people. playing cl- clubs the size of this basement here, right. you know, you know, you, and all of a sudden we're playing in front of like you know, not just big crowds but like metal crowds, mm-hmm. you know. And that was also really kind of the birth of crossover because it was the first time that metalheads were being exposed to hardcore. Mm. And then we had a video that How wound was up it? on uh, on MTV Headbanger Ball and that's really that's what caused hardcore to finally really kind of blow up because all of a sudden all these metalheads who had never seen a mosh pit or a stage dive or or a a dude in a band with a shaved head and tattoos it was like kind of like oh shit you know all of a sudden these guys all realized that they looked like a bunch of bitches in their fucking spandex and their foofy fucking hair (laughs) all of a sudden you know so all of a sudden you got a whole army of fucking metalheads fucking getting into hardcore you know and you know, I remember fucking, you know, when Scott Ian from Anthrax and all them dudes in like a nuclear assault and all the carnivore and when all those guys first started coming to CBs and shit and, you know, and they'd get their asses kicked, you know. Hard, the hardcore scene wasn't too fucking friendly to outsiders back in the day and especially not fucking, you know, long hairs. You know, no offense, guys, but... But you know what, it was, I mean, like I remember one time, I mean, one time there was this fight in front of CBs. Just, this fucking friend of mine bit this motherfucker's thumb off and spat it down the fucking sewer. Wow. Uh, and the whole fight started over who's better, the Cro-Mags or Anthrax. Mm-hmm. That started the fight that turned into, like, a fucking... Dismemberment. In, a mm-hmm. massive fucking beatdown. There beat goes down. that guy's hitchhiking career. <laughs> bro, bro. <laughs> can't even open a fucking remember, door, remember man. But, you know bro that was fucked up man <laughs> that is fucked up and, and I, then the motherfucker bites his finger off fucking stands up got blood all over his face and goes Harley get me out of here I'm like dude like why did you just scream my name <laughs> like,
0: like why did you attach me to that yes right um. I'm, I'm
1: not even
2: in this fight man <laughs> like
1: I'm not, I'm not even involved with this shit now mm. I'm like running down the street with this fucking asshole who's picking fucking pieces of skin and Thumb out of his fucking teeth. But I'm guessing he thought the Chrome Mags were better than Amstrad.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. So. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> See what your fans do, man. Yeah, Damn. man. We had some fucked up fans, man. That's some wild shit. You know,
1: and and it's like you know, I'm good friends with Scott now and shit. And it's like I remember seeing him at CB's and he had like his long ass hair and he had his leather jacket. He like he looked like a hardcore kid from the neck down. Like he had his his combat boots and his agnostic front shirt on or whatever. And but from here up it was like who the fuck is this metalhead right. but he, the kid he was walking with from the neck down looked like a metalhead like he was wearing sneakers and jeans and like I don't know Metallica shirt somebody had his head shaved and I remember looking at them and I'm like like these guys look like they switched heads I'm like and I am and I just remember thinking like I don't, I don't, this is, either this is the beginning of the end or this is the beginning of something new mm. and you know it kind of was the beginning of something new because that's when uh, hardcore and, and metal collided, and, um, right, and they, you know crossover and Anthrax and Testament and, and uh, Exodus and Slayer and every fucking thing even else. Megadeth. Yeah, even. But they, you know, they were more of always a musicians band though, like a little more technical and less aggression. Uh, yeah. Aggression. And then Anthrax, uh, like I know. would, I know Dave would say, there's plenty of aggression, right. but. Uh, Right,
0: ushered. Uh, they they they, uh, they collaborated with hip hop too. Anthrax,
1: yeah, they uh, worked with uh, Public Enemy. Public Enemy, and right. um, and then there was that whole moment where um, Judgment uh, Judgment Night or Judgment whatever the fuck that movie, where they did the whole soundtrack was all like hardcore hip hop collaborations. Uh-huh. Like um, I think Bow Hazard did something with Onyx or some shit, and uh, yeah. Wait. So, what happened to the band,
0: though? Like, and and what? What? Where did all the animosity come from? That, uh, oh, you
1: know how difficult it is to be in a band. You've been doing yeah. this shit forever. I mean, it's yeah. like being married to four dudes, man. It right. sucks. You know, it's like all testosterone, fucking. You're married to four fucking guys. You don't get no pussy because they're all guys. You know, right. <laughs> so it's like being married to four, being married to four people. You it can't stand half on the, the guy. Time. Four alphas. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, there was always one alpha in my band. Or who was that? You fucking talking about? <laughs> 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 That's why there's one another motherfucker. One alpha mother- and uh, three yeah, babies. yeah, yeah, three fucking, three fucking motherfuckers who got left in the dust. Right. But um, you know what? It's it ain't easy being in a band. I mean, it's fucking you're, you're practically living with motherfuckers. You're stuck in a van. You're sleeping in the same hotel. Sometimes the same bed. You know, fucking you got to deal with each other and all their fucking bullshit every day. And every you know all the typical bullshit. You got you got first of all, we're older now, so yeah, shit is easier. You're not as fucking ignorant and stupid, and you're not like out trying to fucking get ass and get fucking prove your manhood and every fucking thing else so you don't have all that you know when you're young everybody's got a fucking ego everybody's you know and you know and we all know you know singers are you know they're not really musicians so they have extra problems Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) so it's like a whole babysitting fucking thing going on there you know and then uh you know it's just not fucking easy man and uh that's why so fucking few bands stay together you know Mm -hmm. and until you know some people are smart enough to say hey you know what you want to do this for a fucking living or you want to fucking work at fucking uh starbucks you know let's get along because we're actually making some money yeah yeah what movie what what film did you just do uh it's called between wars and um Michael Imperioli's in it. Uh, oh, man. He's I, been on the podcast. He's, yeah. That he's dude. Cool as fuck, man.
0: That's one of the coolest dudes. Very cool, dude. And very did cool you dude. read his book? Oh, you're not much of a I reader. I don't read much, man. Dude, I read his book for like a first novelist. And, you know, like, it's actually amazing. It's actually a great book. I, I, I would book. imagine it, it would he's be. Cause so he's so, a, he's a very smart
1: dude. He is. And he's, he's not only really smart, but he fucking, um, He's very, you know, he speaks it's, very eloquently. Yeah, you know, he's, he, he, he's, he's... You could just sit there we, and listen we, to him yeah, talk. like, we talked for a fucking good couple hours when... Uh, at least... A, no, that's bullshit. About an hour, <laughs> maybe. Uh, about just, like, um, addiction and PTSD and all kinds of shit. Ironically, he was playing a shrink in the fucking movie. So, it was like, he was... That's like, perfect. Kind of giving me therapy. and it's uh, he, he And, and this is when I first started, like, coming to terms with the whole post-traumatic stress shit. And, um yeah and he's like really you've never seen a therapist before ever (laughs) i'm like not since i was like a problem kid in like you know fifth grade you know (laughs) right but um what was the what was so what was the film and what it's about a combat veteran who uh comes back to his old neighborhood and he's got ptsd ironically uh uh and uh he winds up fighting in like underground fight clubs and um he basically you know he goes back to his old neighborhood which is like everybody's a fuck up you know and all his he's back in his old environment and now he's also fucked up from the war so like you know it's him trying to readjust to reality to society to life you know and and uh you know i it was a great part for me because i was uh running the fight club right and uh I used to fight underground fight clubs, you know, so I I, I get it. That you was know, your I, character running the fight club. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm like a you know I'm, I'm like a low level criminal, you know, Irish fucking thug dude from the Bronx. You know, it was a pretty easy role, <laughs> like right. for me, because all I had to do is just like draw on actual experience I had to get me you That's know cool. pumped for the parts for, for the scenes right know? on when did you film that i don't know like bit less, bit than ago, oh, mean, less than a year ago oh less than a year ago but it just it's uh it was we were uh it we put it up on vimeo for people to buy um at first because of all the quarantine shit you know actually that was uh, partially because the, the quarantine show I did online was so fucking it did so well it had like over 200,000 fucking views fuck man and, uh, and with the so, band right yeah and you know we did big, a live show it yeah. was beautifully yeah, shot yeah it was I well, done. It. And really was, well was done. done and that was really well that was done. all the people who shot the movie shot that for us I
3: was like they did yeah, it such yeah, good yeah, quality yeah. in March yeah, when yeah. everyone was doing shitty cell phone yeah. stuff yeah yeah fuck that yeah. man we fucking it we, we, the man. Man. I was like I'm video guy that's his thing he complains all the time these motherfuckers did and this in March right. Amazing Goddamn right man. In and March then, you know what? And you know what We pulled all that shit together dude, It looks It looks We pulled that shit that together out.
1: In 24 hours And
3: w- where was the sp- Where was it shot Well I can't like say where- Because they'll, like they'll probably beautiful- Get in trouble It's, uh, okay, it's, it's, yeah. it's a okay yeah a place Fuck, that dude. people Rehearse at Like big man. bands
1: Like bands like You know Yeah Bon Jovi like- and shit Like big bands practice there yeah. So it was like a big ass room Oh I think And I'm we were just like New
3: Jersey by any chance No Never mind But um
1: but um, so the show got canceled. We were supposed to play Webster Hall, and it was actually the, would have been my first time back in the club since that fucking Fuck, yeah. night. So I, I know was exactly the karma. dress, the dressing room. I know, left, left. I, I know, I know yeah, that on one. Totally. That couch is the one I was fucking laying on, kicking yeah. motherfuckers in the face. Yeah. In. Uh, so
3: you were supposed to be Webster Hall in September.
0: I, I know. know. Yeah. There you go. Right. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah.
3: <laughs> But uh, so
1: yeah, that shit got canceled like less than 24 hours before it was supposed to happen. And I was like, fuck man, what do we do? Like we've been practicing all week. My guitarist is here from LA. My drummer's here from fucking Germany. What do we do? So I was like, you know what? Fucking let's set up all our gear, put up our backdrop and do a show. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Are you
0: doing any more of those?
1: No, I, I, I was know, gonna not, pitch I, that. That was what I said. Them. Like, that, I, that's why I was saying He's, I would have done something like that. I have a, John, a full eight camera
3: know? setup in a club in the city, and it would be perfect for you guys.
1: Well, maybe we should do something like
0: that sometime.
1: Zero, do- do- should, Zero
3: dollars to come do it. Bowery
1: Electric. They stream. have it at Bowery Electric. Bro, right, I'd man. be fucking, I'd love to do some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that, man. It, was,
3: it would be perfect for you. Yeah,
1: guys. I'd love to. That'd be great, you know. Um, god damn man we've been talking so much I don't even know uh, what the fuck we were talking uh, about uh, what are we talking about where are we I I had a question
3: uh, that I was gonna ask earlier you said when you were with um, the stimulators Mm -hmm. you couldn't tour the UK they wouldn't let you play like, throughout your early years, did you ever show at a, at a club and the promoter was like, what the fuck no, is this? No, because
1: or- my aunt was the guitarist, so we were able to say, she's my legal guardian. Oh. Even though she wasn't actually my legal guardian, but it's like...
3: And even with the Cro-Mags, when you were still young, 15, 16? But at that point, I
1: was a fucking known dude. Like, I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. I mean, shit, back in the stimulators days, you know, I could literally... I could show up at any fucking club in New York with, like, 12 friends you know usually it was like the beastie boys and the luscious jackson girls and whatever other but that's in new york yeah but i fucking you know my Shit, man, motherfuckers know about me, man. My my shit gets around. <laughs> well, the, the, and that's the other question I was gonna
3: ask. So every we've had a couple of hardcore oh, people, man. and I have friends who are big hardcore mm-hmm. people, and like the ground zero for everyone was you and the stimulators. Goddamn right.
1: I mean, you know what? I can't even argue it. Like you know. No.
3: So my my question is that what? When did you realize that you had that much of an impact? You know, when did it? The, back when you were 15, I'm sure you were just. Yeah. You know in the I, scene
1: I, and didn't know, but like it's weird because I knew I had that kind of juice when I was a kid.
3: It's and more then, than juice, it's impact. Well, like, on
1: I didn't know I had impact until years later, until I realized that half the hardcore bands in New York started because they were like, Wow, he's 12 and he's in a the band, I can do it play. too. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing that story You know, I mean, I, everyone. you know, I my boy, uh, Steve Zang from Danzig, you know, he's engineering with the record I'm working on right now, and he's like, He was telling me. He, Remember, you know his mother would drive him to max's to come see me play and, and you know when he was like i was 12 so he had to be 15 you know so i mean a lot of people who started bands you know they were inspired by the fact that if you know if this kid can do it and um
3: the story is they saw you playing and then they went and started a band yeah yeah
1: <laughs> you know and and quite honestly you know Nobody from the fucking hardcore scene, with the exception of like a couple people, who were even around back then. You know, they're the the few people that were on that used to come to those shows. Like, like the drummer from Cause for Alarm. You know, he uh, really a handful of people. I don't even honestly remember Vinny from back then. Vinny Stigma. From like I don't think funk? I remember. I don't really remember him till like 1980. Right. You know, my the, he, you know I mean. The adults I was around at the time were, you know, the, the New York Dolls and fucking, you know.
3: I saw a photo of you with Blondie, like yeah, yeah, with I mean,
0: Debbie Harry. You know, yeah. I mean, this book it's is amazing, little... dude. These photos are like really, really good, dude. Yeah, it's just wild what, shit in there, what, man. This, I love this tattoo too, this one you got when yeah, you Yeah, I got that so shit young. when I was
1: fucking 15, man. But it, It's really, it's really.
0: Yeah. With yeah. your
3: legal guardian They're it's saying it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got it in Canada. I fucking, this was well, when Canada. I was in Canada. This
1: was the
0: weird Canadians.
1: Yeah, I actually got that tattoo like a few days after. Damn. Uh, I, I got that tattoo like a week after I got so the shit beat out of me. Put that picture up when you talk yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, uh, the week after? Yeah, and I actually remember bumping into those guys on the street uh, a few days after I got the tattoo, and I was like really nervous because I didn't want to get – attacked again and get the tattoo fucked hurt. Up, Yeah. you know and then they were all like oh man you're not still mad about that are you you know because these guys were fucking they were twisted bro right we they used to like move people into their apartment f- to help pay the rent and then like they'd inevitably wind up kicking the shit out of them throwing them out and keeping all their shit and i saw them do this like two or three times right and then it wound up happening to me you know yeah
0: do you ever think about things like power of manifestation and all that kind of oh, stuff, yeah. like positive visualization?
1: Well, I don't do mu- much of that. I mean, I do that just, you know, writing music. I do it every day, right. you know. I, I, I was imagine, just thinking, I think too, because of, of the, I...
0: the, the the album, the cro are most known for, The Age of quarrel. It's
1: actually becoming less so man the new record has actually made the charts bro oh really in the beginning in the beginning made the fucking charts less than fucking and and it came out the same day as fucking um uh lamb of god and they didn't even chart right and oh congratulations bro this fucking record is this has it is it has sold on downloads it's only been out a fucking less than a month it's been Age of Quarrel has been available for fucking years and it's got like a million or something uh, downloads. This thing has a half a million and it's only been out for a motherfucking week or three or whatever. I mean, so if if that's any sign then yeah. But you're doing something fucking right. Past, man. Well, let's talk you know. about
0: this real quick before we wrap it up because we've, mm. we've been we've had you here for probably Two a co- hours. couple hours. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for doing this. Oh, man.
1: It's all yeah, good. Yeah. You know, I, my hangover's gone. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You yeah. Go. And you need to smoke the CBD <laughs> thing. <laughs> a little sweat box will do
0: that to you. <laughs> so did you produce this or who produced um, this?
1: Arthur Rizek and me produced oh. it. Arthur Rizek uh, did like Power Trip. Um, he's done a bunch of uh, recent metal bands. He's, he's a really fucking great... Uh, producer and um really really nice to work with he like you know whenever i had any you know second guessing myself i would it's nice to have somebody with a good ear that you yeah. can discuss your thoughts with yeah you know the lyrics are also i i, I like them on this record I, you, you I wrote, wrote them yeah you wrote, I wrote all the, the songs? music i wrote the lyrics and
0: right you know that's that's and, and what and what who are your lyrical inspirations or um, what, what i don't have any what, what do you like um, about these lyrics
1: i just uh i i put a lot of thought into them you know i just i really meant it yeah okay know? it's uh very personal Yeah. You
3: know? and how is it putting out an album and not being able to tour and support it a
1: little weird but um you know like i said man i'm you know I, i'm spending all my time with the person i like to be around the most so what the fuck am i missing out on you know
3: So that live stream you did was the only real promotion for it. Yeah. I love
0: this. This one. No one's victim. You can't let your circumstances define who you are because only death is certain. Everything else optional. Your happiness depends on no one else but you because no one else can live your life or fill your grave but you. No one's victim. No one's victim won't be a victim. That's great.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, that's really good. So I say, you know, like I write about, you know, finding strength somehow, yeah. and I and I believe that that's something you gotta, you know, I f- find it inside. I don't look for it in God. I don't look for it in other people.
0: What's the difference between finding it inside and finding it in God?
1: I couldn't tell you because I don't know what the fuck God isn't,
0: is. It, isn't God inside?
1: Well, that's that's what people say. I but, mean, then we're know, talking about semantics, We're talking I we're th- guess. You know, now. We're talking, yeah. you know, theory. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe we're just fucking bags of shit that expire. I hope not. I think we're spirit bubbles that pop. <laughs>
0: spirit <laughs> bubbles that pop. There you go. Yeah. Uh, potato uh, potato. You, it, you, know, tomato, you say tomato. tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> Whatever. Shit bag <laughs> popping bubble, you know. <laughs> uh, Ho'oponopono. Pono uh, Pono. Oops, yeah. I brought yeah, it up you again. Did
1: it again. You <laughs> <motherfucker>. <laughs> God damn you. This guy. He's gonna get me. I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night thinking that
0: shit what the Dude, I'm gonna thinking? send I'm gonna send you a uh, YouTube I'm it's gonna. Just say, you're gonna get There's eight I'm
1: gonna, hours. motherfucker motherfuckers trying to get me wrapped up in some Hawaiian cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You exactly. Fucker. That's what this whole
0: Jesus thing's been Christ.
1: about. Amazing. As long as not est, did not turn into. All oh, right. That
0: shit?
2: And then yeah. let's
3: just plug the book one more time. Yeah,
0: hardcore life, uh, life of my own. This is uh this is a great cover photo, dude. This, man that's awesome you know it was
1: really an adventure was fucking trying to track down who took all these pictures oh, man because like bro like oh, literally yeah. like, know, bro, like photos are incredible, incredible. Bro, it was fucking nuts like some of these photographers like the pictures of me as a kid in Denmark in the punk band yeah in it. the yeah. beginning I that, that photographer hadn't taken a picture since the 70s and he's like in his 70s and right. I tracked this motherfucker down. I don't even know him and I tracked him down in Denmark you know I tracked out one photographer because the back of a photo I had said J J on the back and you and I took a picture of it Sherlock oh, I took a picture of, the, of of the the signature and of the photo and I posted them and I said if does anybody know who took this mm. and somebody wrote me back and said it looks like uh, some of the photos that JJ J. Gonson took and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So, like, it was really like, bro, it was some Sherlock Holmes motherfucking shit on that, man. Yeah, these are great.
3: W- What's interesting I'm about... Gl- I'm
1: glad you did that because,
0: I mean, I got to read this, but the photos uh, in and of themselves, this is, like, really...
2: Yeah, it's, you worth, know, it's, it, it, it's worth, worth it the, price. the photos. I mean, it's really if you don't honestly, read. You
0: know? I, no, no bullshit. It is worth it for the photos, just looking through these photos. Yeah, there's some crazy shit and in there. The, and
3: yeah. the intro by Anthony or for, the Anthony. for Anthony. that. Or yeah. And the, the funny thing why I asked if he encouraged you... Yeah. This is kind of full circle. A friend of ours, Mark Lanigan, was on the podcast and he was writing a memoir and he was very close with Anthony as well mm-hmm. and he sent them um, the draft and yeah. Anthony read it and he pushed him and encouraged him that's what he did for me deeper bro. and deeper exas- yeah. and without him he wouldn't have ri- written memory, his memoir dude. yeah that was oh, the without, one story him, that Mark yeah. told My shit wouldn't have wound up and he good. didn't want to say it was Anthony first I had to like poke a little and he said oh man I got said, no yeah, problem Yeah, Anthony. Uh, Anthony. Him, man I love the man yeah he I
0: was the very man. very yeah. the man. hey did you get Anthony into Jitsu, because he got no way...
1: man i was just it just was i actually used to teach his daughter
0: okay and know? that's how he got into it because he got yeah, way into yeah, it right yeah well his
1: ex um she was really into it and first time i met him was at an mma thing and i didn't even know who the fuck he was because i didn't have cable tv I, she's like oh this is my husband and i'm like oh i just remember looking up and seeing like god damn this
2: motherfucker got a Talk. big head
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like this ah, motherfucker's ah. head is like the size of a microwave for fuck's sake he's a big head. dude you know like shit <laughs> yeah and then you know
2: and then my wife
1: was, was my girlfriend at the time was like that's Anthony that's Bourdain I'm like who she's like he's fucking famous Why, I'm, like, I'm like I have no fucking clue I just, just got a big right. head you know but he's a fucking really, really cool dude. I mean, was is you know? It's fuck, big music man. fan is, too. Is, yeah, is yeah, Cause yeah. you probably was, feel his yeah. spirit still, right? Man, bro, I fucking think about that motherfucker so much. And like, you know, after he after he fucking died, like, I just woke up out of a fucking horrible nightmare one night of him just crying, and I was just like, fuck, man, he's not at peace, man.
0: Oh man, you know, it was, I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah, hopefully he's at peace now. You know.
0: Let's hope so. Hey, but uh, but uh, I want to end on this note too because uh, one thing I got way into when I went through my dark night of the soul stuff was uh, or. The you know, one of the times was uh, yeah. Was I hear you. One of the one times. Of, yeah, I don't want to be like ego, like oh, that's all done behind. <laughs> no, no, it's, but that, like
1: was that Depeche Mode line, "Never Again," is, uh, is "Never Again" is what you swore the time before. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yes, I, I just quoted Depeche Mode, motherfuckers. Fuck, oh hey, man, young. I like the mode. <laughs> so, the mode. but I got into the mode, the mode, the commode. Damn. No. He's going right in there. the yeah. mode.
0: Damn. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, <laughs> but I got into boxing, but then I, I ended up going and taking like three jiu-jitsu classes, but then I I haven't gone back to bro, it. Bro, when we
1: open up, man, you, you're my guest, bro. Anytime, That's man. what I'm getting Absolutely, after. <laughs> I want to start training. Yeah, I have I, a gi.
0: I, now I paint, and so it's all full of paint now, but I, you know, but it's dry paint. <laughs> so what? So if I'm I ready.
1: Come on in. Come on down. All right, dude. Thank yeah, you man. so much. Thank far. you, It'll Harley. Harley. It'll be a pleasure, <laughs> really. man. I look forward to seeing you guys there and yeah. wherever else we may
0: And if we train, I promise pass. I won't bring up pono,
2: Ho'oponopono.
0: <laughs> <No, laughs> you'll be saying that <laughs> shit when I'm choking the shit out of you. You'll be like, on I won't oh, tap man. until you say hop on up on. All right. Thank All right, man.
1: thanks Harley. Take it you, take a it easy y'all. Yeah, Much love, man. much love. Thank All right, you. God ah, bless. Right on.
2: All right.